A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone, how are you today? This is Chloe Brotheridge. Welcome to this episode of the Calm You podcast where I am talking to my friend Amy Rushworth, aka Wellness with Amy, and she's a life coach and a health coach and she's one of the UK's leading wellness speakers. And she merges coaching with integrative nutrition and psychology and she helps women to uncover the deep roots of their well-being issues and ditch self-doubt and the habits that are holding them back. And I think you're going to love this episode. Amy is a beautiful person inside and out. She shares so openly in this podcast about her own struggles, how she's overcome them, and now how she's able to then inspire other people who've been struggling with similar things. And so some of the things we talk about are her experience with anxiety and how she overcame it, about the reasons that so many of us struggle with our confidence and the practical steps that we can take to overcome them. We also talk about one of Amy's favourite quotes, and it also happens to be one of my favourite quotes, which is all about how the wound is where the light enters us. And I think that's a quote from Rumi, but we really get into that. So please enjoy this episode. I also really want to invite you over to my website, karmau.com forward slash free where you can download a free guided relaxation and it's pretty much guaranteed to help you to switch off and relax even if you're someone that has a really busy mind and it's totally free it's been downloaded thousands and thousands of times and I've got such amazing feedback from it so you can head over to karmau.com forward slash free and get that download and as always don't forget to let me know what you think of this episode I'm on Instagram at Chloe Brotheridge you can find Amy at Wellness with Amy. So let's get into the episode. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. Um, can you tell people what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I am a life coach and a certified integrative health coach. And basically at the heart of what I do is that I help women to uncover the deep roots of their health issues and their confidence issues um, and work habits and the doubt that hold them back in all areas of their life, not just their health and well-being. Um, and where I've come from has been very different to where I am now in that my life was not um, about wellness at all. Um, I've come quite a long way in a short time uh, only four years ago, actually, I was living a totally different life. I worked in the fashion industry, uh, which is very different to the wellness industry, um, and I really struggled with my body image, 
and my mental health as well as some addictive behaviors and unhealthy habits. Um, and for a long time, I felt really stuck in that way of being and those habits. And I just felt like I was going through the motions, um, not really ever feeling good enough and always physically and psychologically dissatisfied. Um, I was really insecure um, and that was not really helped by the industry that I was in, which is um, you know, focused a lot on body image and being a certain size and it's all about looking good and never looking bad. Um, and then around 2014, uh, things really came to a head then um, and I had to reevaluate where I was going with my life and my health, and my habits, because um, my confidence had been completely shattered uh, by a breakup that I went through and my mental health really hit an all-time low. Um, but for me, it was that kind of meltdown or that breakdown which really helped me to um, see that I was at a crossroads where I got to choose um, a different path and choose a new way um, knowing deep down that I really needed to change and that um, my focus needed to shift away from looking good and focus on how I wanted to feel. Um, and so that's kind of where my journey began in terms of my own health, but also uh, led to a career change and moving over to London from Oz. Um, and all the great things in my life kind of stemmed from that really challenging period. So I feel really grateful for where I've come and it really helps me um, in what I do now to coach other people who are in that same place that I was in only a few years ago. Yeah, I think a lot of people will probably be, I don't know, relating to what you said about the insecurity, the pressure about appearance, the kind of sense of being unsatisfied. It almost seems like that's an epidemic amongst people that kind of certainly I speak to. Um, did you have an experience of anxiety then? Can you sort of talk a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So the period that I spoke about, um, so I ended up in therapy where I was given a real diagnosis, but what I know in hindsight and retrospect is that I'd actually been struggling with anxiety for a lot longer than I um, was aware of and I uh, was numbing it, using um, all sorts of things I know and now numb methods, um, things like drinking a lot. Um, I had a really bad smoking habit, um, using drugs, um, using really controlled regimented diets um, and kind of going between that and binge eating um, as well as spending a lot. Um, so when I didn't have those things, I would spend a lot of money to feel better. Um, and so as you can imagine, um, that didn't help with the anxiety when um, my bank account was looking horrific at the end of every month and I was feeling the same way. So um, it was that breakup, which was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I had to really look at all of those emotions that I'd been suppressing, all of that anxiety that I'd been ignoring. And instead of worrying so much about putting on a happy face all the time, I had to learn how to deal with those emotions, um, particularly in a work setting. So um, one of the things that was really, um, I guess, the motivation for me to go to see a therapist was um, I started having panic attacks, but um, initially I would just go and like run to the toilet and hide and then just pretend everything was okay. But I was in the car one day and I was driving when I had one and that was a really scary moment um, for anyone who's experienced, you know, anxiety or panic attacks. It can feel almost like you're dying. Um, and so 
that was, you know, a real turning point for me um, and the real pinnacle of that anxiousness for me um, that cracked me open and sort of motivated me to um, make that change um, because I wasn't able to cope and use those same numbing methods anymore. Um, And so it was the anxiety and actually the, um, I was ended up, I was diagnosed with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety. Um, and she, my therapist told me I was depressed and, um, it was all of those kind of words that came at me and that diagnosis, which really motivated me to make a huge change. Um, so yeah, it was, it was not a great period of my life. Um, but in a way it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because, it completely shifted my mindset and gave me the um, the tools and I guess the motivation to make a real shift in all the areas of my life. That's so interesting. I think um, I think it's amazing that you're able to see it as a positive thing in a way to be able to recognise that sometimes you do need to reach kind of a bad level for things to start to get better because probably everyone can relate to numbing numbing themselves with things and it's really interesting that you talk about shopping because it's it's quite socially acceptable isn't it to just be yeah. I don't know on ASOS and spend all your wages you know the day you get paid on you know clothes and or you know we're so used to getting things instantly on Amazon and using that as a distraction or thinking that if we buy this thing it's going to make us feel better or you know I even find myself kind of on Amazon thinking, right, if I just get this product, this is going to make me feel better or this is going to kind of fix me or something. Of course, that isn't really true. But, you know, so many of us are kind of stuck in that cycle. And actually, I guess for people listening, just to remember that whatever they're going through right now, this could be a stepping stone to things getting better. And this could be a really positive turning point for things starting to get better. What was, Mm. was there kind of one thing that made a big the biggest difference for you what was the thing that helped you do you think to kind of get out of that cycle of anxiety and depression and yeah um I remember there was this weird night um I remember it so well and it's funny because I don't actually remember a lot of what happened at the time because I was like so caught up in my own emotions and I was drinking a lot um even when I was Initially in therapy, I was still drinking alcohol and um, smoking. Um, But I remember one night that my therapist uh, told me that I needed to let go of trying to control everything and everyone around me um, and controlling their expectations and controlling what they thought of me. Um, And the only thing that I could control was my response to how I reacted um, to the world around me and my situation and who I chose to be. And I remember that really resonated with me. And I left um, her therapy office in the night and I was living in Australia and I went and had a walk by the beach and it started raining, it was a bit dramatic. And um, I was looking out on the sea and there was all these ships out on the horizon and um, I just thought like, just because I'm in like a stormy part of my life or like, you know, it feels like one rainstorm after another, it doesn't mean that I can't, you know, turn, turn this ship around literally. Um, and, you know, I got to choose from then on 
what I wanted to create. I got to choose my work. I got to choose the people that were around me and the energy that I wanted to have in my life. And a lot of the choices that I'd been making had been poor choices about my health, poor choices about the kind of relationships that I um, entertained, the type of um, expectations that I had on friends and things like that. And I had, um, you know, I'd been grasping for this control, but I had this control all along. And it started with me, um, starting with a foundation of healthy habits um, around food, exercise, and the choices that I was making, and even my career choice, which led me to reevaluate that and change industries. So I remember her telling me that. And um, I think a lot of the time, you know, we feel so anxious because we're grasping to take control of things that we cannot actually control, um, that we forget that the only thing we can control is ourselves and um, control, you know, what we want to create and what we want to allow into our space. And so that was really powerful for me. That's such an important message, I think. Control is, it seems like it's the the biggest, one of the biggest factors when it comes to anxiety, I think, and trying mm. to control other people. That's such a big one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, such a good message there. Thanks for that. Um, your, your Instagram handle is wellness with Amy. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What does, what does wellness mean to you? How would you define it? Yeah, I think it's funny. People see that word wellness and it's like a buzzword now. And I think that's amazing, but it can be confusing um, for people too, because there's so much information out in the world now and with social media, there's a lot of trends and wellness warriors. And I think it's easy to think of wellness just as this Instagram reel of perfect smoothie bowls and activated Peruvian almonds and yoga. <laughs> um, and if that's your vibe, then good for you. It's my vibe sometimes too. But um, in my view, wellness isn't a trend and it's a lifestyle that looks different on every single person and it's completely unique to you um so wellness isn't a dress size or a weight or whether you're vegan or you're paleo or whatever you are it's about becoming an expert on your own body and your mind and figuring out what helps you to thrive in your own life so um, a lot of clients come to me hoping that I've got a miracle cure or an answer or a meal plan for them. Um, but actually, it always comes back to them becoming an expert on themselves and me guiding them to make the best choices for them. So um, I do think the foods that you consume and how you move are incredibly important. Um, but wellness is very much about your thoughts, your emotions, your relationships, um, and your habits and particularly your social connectedness, so what communities you're involved in and all of those things come together as a big holistic picture that allow you to flourish um, and to enjoy yourself as well. Um, so I'm a massive fan of all the veggies and drinking water and sleeping more, etc. but if I'm not prioritising my mental health and managing my stress levels and having fulfilling relationships, then I'm simply not going to be the highest vibe version of myself. And, um, you know, I see that with clients. Often they're doing all the right things in terms of their diet and they're going to classes and the gym. Um, but, you know, they're not heard or they're not respected in their relationship. And so 
Um, there's issues going on beneath the surface that present as physical symptoms of an emotional root cause. Um, so to me, wellness is about just ignoring the trends and looking at your own health in a way that is holistic and looking at that mind-body connection, um, not as two separate things, but as the same, the same conversation. I love that definition. And just going back to what you said earlier, I think you said sort of focusing on how you feel, not what something looks like, because it's mm -hmm. so easy to get kind of caught up on what things look like, but actually wellness is about how you feel and how you feel in yourself. And we need to just focus on what feels good, I think. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think even I catch myself doing that sometimes, you know, I'll be in Lululemon and I'm like about to spend my money on like five pairs of leggings and they're not they're not the cheapest uh, purchase and then I think you know like am I doing this for the right reasons and I think it comes back to the motivation and your why behind what you're doing and um, whether you're spending to feel good are you spending money on these health products to feel good are they good for you or um, would it be healthier just to eat more veggies and you know save your money and then feel empowered in that part of your life so um Again, it's so unique to each person and that's why, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching is such a great experience because you get to tailor your own program with your coach um, rather than just, you know, going off a one-size-fits-all approach that you can find anywhere on the internet. Mm, absolutely, definitely. So from your Instagram, there was something that really stood out to me that I liked and it was a quote the wound is where the light enters you. And I think uh, Rumi said that. Can you explain yes. why that's one of your favourite quotes and what, what does that mean? I love this quote so much. And um, a lot of my clients, it really resonates with them because a lot of women come to see me when they're having a challenging time. Um, I see a lot of women after they've been through a breakup or a loss. Um, and it's just really powerful because... For me, um, you know, it was a breakup that unearthed a lot of very deeply ingrained issues that needed healing. And I'd actually experienced lots of things and challenges and tragedies up until that point, but that was what wounded me, you know. And um, even though it was really heartbreaking at the time and I, I really struggled to cope, um, it cracked me so wide open that I couldn't numb, you know, the old trauma and the old fears and I had to really just surrender to what I was feeling and lean in and learn what I needed to learn from that. And it allowed me to start exploring new possibilities and build my life with a new perspective. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now if that hadn't have happened. I would probably still be in Australia. I might be still working in the fashion industry, um, you know, probably in like not a healthy relationship. I'm married now to, you know, like someone I'm absolutely like madly in love with. And um, I have this great business and amazing friendships here. And I don't think I would have had the confidence or the motivation to do any of these things or to seek out the life that I'm living now if I hadn't have had that experience and had that real breakdown. And I think that's always where the wisdom is and the breakthroughs come from the breakdowns and the meltdowns and the hard times so I think it's just really empowering for people especially when they are going through that hard time to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and somebody else has been where you are and they've gotten through and there's hope for everyone to do the same
Yeah, I love that. And just, yeah, I suppose it is very comforting if you're in the middle of really going through a hard time to try Mm. and see it that way, to see that, can you see it as a gift, as something that's going to be moving you forward or, you know, pushing in the right direction. And I often talk about things like anxiety as being a teacher that is trying to get you to learn something and trying to teach you a lesson and move you forward or get you to heal something or change something in your life and yeah as you said it's just very empowering to to think of it like that yeah absolutely you know and even my health so much like before that I didn't value my health I like I said I had engaged in really unhealthy habits and it was just like my body was just a bit of a nuisance to me you know I didn't like the way it looked I was always trying to change it and I just feel really grateful that um you know, I've got amazing health now after all those things that I've done to my body. And um, I have so much gratitude now for things that I just completely disregarded um, previously, because um, I feel I feel like sometimes you have to, like, experience that real hard, challenging stuff in order to be able to grasp how it really feels to have joy and to have deep happiness and gratitude. And for me, um, that was probably the most powerful part of it all. Yeah, it's it's interesting to talk about physical health there because I think the link between physical health and mental health, people often see them as very separate, but actually your brain is part of your body and how you take care of your body is obviously going to affect your mind. And often I think we, we get so used to feeling bad in our bodies that we don't actually know what it feels like to be good. Um, to feel good and to feel kind of healthy Um, or people get really used to feeling stressed all the time or being on high alert and being in fight or flight and they don't know what it's like to be calm so Mm. I think you can't really separate the two I think you're totally right Um, what I was going to ask you something but I think we've already covered that about sort of the common issues that you see people for what sort of things do people tend to come and see you for yeah, sure. So I work exclusively with women and they tend to be struggling with issues like stress, self-doubt and lack of confidence, but they might also present with physical issues. Um, gut problems is really common, exhaustion, anxiety and unhealthy habits around food and exercise. Um, and so I originally trained as a certified health coach Um, so that I could coach women on their health. And that's very much where my journey started. Um, But soon after I started working with clients, I just realized that the issues that they were experiencing ran so much deeper than the food and and the gym. Mm. And um, because women are such emotional creatures, I know that when I'm feeling a little bit out of tune that it's my healthy habits and my self-care that are first to go. Um, but those are the things that actually keep my anxiety at bay and keep me um, balanced. And so a lot of the work that I do with clients is around um, having healthy habits as a pillar of positive psychology and a pillar of their mental well-being. And then we kind of dive into why they have that lack of confidence, um, why they feel like an imposter, um, And so the coaching method that I use merges positive psychology, ACT, nutrition and life coaching uh, because, I, like I said, I think health is so holistic and I think um, often these physical symptoms 
um, have an emotional root cause. And I've certainly seen that in clients, um, even clients who have come to me with gut issues that have literally resolved themselves just through having conversations and being empowered to communicate better at work or in their relationship and their physical symptoms clear up. Um, so it's pretty amazing to see that kind of transition and transformation in people. Amazing. I think the gut thing so it's so common, isn't it? Something like twenty percent of women, I think eleven percent of men have IBS, which is mm. an incredibly high number of people. And it's the sort of thing that no one well, you might talk to your good friends about it, but you don't tell, you know, your colleagues maybe at work <laughs> oh, about your IBS and things. And yet it's something that so many people struggle with and um you know an aspect of it is the emotional side and from my experience working with people with IBS it's keeping things inside so it's interesting that you mm. you found a similar thing kind of keeping emotions inside or that kind of tension um kind of holding on to things I find is, is mm. really linked to that so even just having you know getting tools to to offload that or finding ways to express yourself better could be incredibly powerful for that sort of thing I think absolutely yeah I see like a lot of the women that I've seen that have had gut issues whether it's IBS or random bloating or some of them you know experiencing things like persistent yeast infections all come from an inability to express their anger um, and um, I think that is an issue that a lot of women struggle with like we are raised to be likable and to express ourselves in a way that is more passive and for a lot of women that's not healthy um, because anger is an emotion that is just on the spectrum of emotions and um, it has to go somewhere um, and so I do see a lot of that um, showing up in clients that have got gut issues that they have unresolved resentment with partners or with bosses or from the past and actually through healing that through communication and venting that in a safe space with a coach it can be incredibly powerful for their physical health it's such a yeah interesting one anger because as you say it's not I'm sure we've had this conversation you know outside of this podcast um where we've talked about anger and said that it's not socially acceptable for women to be angry if you're kind of an angry woman you're I don't know a, a bitch or you're bossy or you're a control freak or something and actually it is a completely normal emotion and we don't express it because I mean me certainly I don't know about you Amy I was a good girl growing up I always wanted mm. to make my parents proud and not misbehave and you know I, and I did often misbehave because I was a bit I don't know it came out in kind of tantrums and things but trying mm. to be a good girl or trying to pe people please and worrying about what people think and actually we're keeping a lot of those emotions inside and maybe it's manifesting as gut issues or um as even anxiety because I think anxiety can be a um, an emotion that we use to kind of cover up other emotions if there's anger kind of boiling inside it can manifest itself as anxiety so so mm. you think it's around kind of expressing ourselves more maybe venting to someone any yeah. other tips on kind of anger that you Yeah, recommend? I think um, one of the things that I have done with quite a lot of my clients is learning how to express that in a way that is socially acceptable, um, but by still enforcing their own boundaries so that they're heard, they're respected, and creating an environment for that anger to exist in a way that doesn't 
you know, make them erupt um, in the way that I have seen a lot. So a lot of women are very passive and then they eventually just kind of lose their mind, usually at their partner or sometimes at work is obviously less desirable. Um, And it's about creating uh, frameworks and creating boundaries with them so that they can express that anger and they can let it out and so that it doesn't boil up inside of them. And definitely for me, that was a huge thing. I really resonate with what you're saying about being a good girl. Um, My younger brother was like the naughty child. So I took on this identity as the good one. And for me, like I said, like I would go in the toilet at work and have panic attacks because it just simply was not um, acceptable in my mind to say like I am losing my mind to, at work I was the one who was always okay I was the one who's always smiling and having a joke and um, I suppressed that so much that it erupted in things like panic attacks and um, depression and anxiety um, whereas if I had have had a safe outlet to express that or better boundaries I may not have ended up in that situation yeah yeah such a I'm sure lots of people are going to be relating to to that kind of topic Mm. um and even people might be thinking oh I don't I don't get angry I don't feel angry but um because I used to be that person I used to think oh I'm (laughs) I'm not an angry person at all but I've been doing over the last couple of years a lot of work on myself and realize actually maybe I am angry about this maybe this is just something I've suppressed um so it's a topic that I'm very interested in as well um what about confidence then? Because I know one of the main things that you help people with is confidence. And I think it's one of those things, if you ask someone what they want, almost everyone will say more confidence. I mean, there are some people who are just very confident, but the majority of people probably want to be more confident. Um, why do you think we struggle with it so much? Why do you think it's such, I don't know, such an issue for so many of us? I mean, it's probably the biggest issue that I have um in my business with my clients and the thing that I get asked about a lot, particularly because, you know, I'm out giving talks and I'm on social media and um, people want to know how I went on that journey. And I think it's because we live in a world where comparison is so rife, literally from childhood. You know, we're brought up in schooling systems where we're expected to be good at multiple subjects, um, we're compared and measured against our peers. Um, we're focused on bringing up our weaker grade, grades rather than focusing, um, you know, energy and intention into zones of genius. Um, and failure is a really big issue that really can knock people's confidence around. And um, that's like a bigger social issue probably to be um, examined. But um, the way we approach failure um, is in a really negative way, um, And certainly for me in the past, I approached failure with a really negative mindset. Um, I struggled with perfectionism and a lot of procrastination um, and playing safe because I was scared to fail. And I attached a lot of meaning of what it meant to fail or to make a mistake. And um, it's been through seeing my own coaches and exploring personal development and actually coaching my clients as well that I've been able to uncover all the hidden stories and meanings that I've personally attached to what it means to fail, um, which started, you know, as early as four years old. Um, And they've manifested as a lack of confidence um, through my teenage years and adult years. But um, 
I think our first experiences of shame and being vulnerable really affect our confidence later in life. And so it can be really helpful to look back, particularly with, say, a life coach or um, with the work that I do, and look at um, detaching our self-worth from what it means to make a mistake and being curious about failure. So looking at it as feedback um, rather than a direct uh, correlation to our value or our self-worth. And when you can start to defuse the meaning that we make the failure mean and who we are, then we can start to realise that just because you don't do a good job at one thing doesn't mean that you're not good enough. Um, And once you can start to disattach those two things, it becomes easier to take action on your desires and to take actions on your goals because you're not attached to the outcome, you're just, um, you know, living in the possibility of what you could create, what you could learn. And I think that's why people stay frozen. Um, they don't take action. And the, the catch 22 is that confidence is a muscle and, um, you can't wait to feel ready or wait to feel confident. Um, you have to be in action and allow that confidence to grow the same way that you wouldn't be able to ride a bike the first time you do it. Um, It's something that you need to build and work on. And most people are really scared to even get started because they're so frozen in that story of what it might mean if they fail. I love that idea of thinking of confidence as a muscle and Mm. knowing that it's okay to not be good at stuff at first. It's, yeah, it's such a big one, I think, for lots of us about needing to be perfect the first time or if we get a bit of criticism we that's the one thing that we focus on and we forget about all the the positive aspects of it um Mm. and that fear of failure that holds holds us back so much and yet it is just about taking those little steps and growing that confidence muscle and um changing the way we think about failure so I love those ideas Yeah, and everyone um, has to be a beginner at some point if you want to try something new. So even um, when I started this business, um, I get a lot of questions, people asking me, you know, how did I do what I did? And what I really had to do was I I was at that breaking point where I was so motivated that I just didn't even care if I was going to, like, fail or not because I had felt like I had just, like, colossally failed already. So... I was like, you know, there's nothing to lose. Um, And I just started doing things before I was ready. So I remember I used to go network before I was even um, certified as a coach and just meet people and let them know what I was doing. Um, I started doing talks before I was ready to do them or had the confidence or knew necessarily what I was going to talk about um, and just got into more of a mindset of saying yes and feeling the fear and doing it anyway and actually that is how I have built all of my confidence um is by kind of every time I tell myself oh I want to run now I do the opposite um and it can be really daunting at first but that would be like my biggest um insight in all of this is that you know even a small step is better than no no step taken at all and um confidence is a muscle that you've got to build almost the same way you build your muscles in the gym yeah totally um that idea I guess of yeah feeling the fear and doing it anyway and knowing that I don't know I suppose whenever you're doing something for the first time it 
it may very well feel scary. And often when you see people that seem so confident, you don't know what's really going on inside their bodies. They might be full of adrenaline. They might be feeling quite afraid, but they're taking that action anyway. And I think we always assume, oh, it's all right for for her because she's just naturally confident. She's just born with this confidence. But actually, I think a lot of the time what we're seeing is people just being brave and taking that action and starting before they're ready and that sort of thing. So it's good to hear you say that and just, yeah, want everyone to really remember that when they're feeling fear and taking some action. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I did a, I did a talk this morning, a corporate talk, and um, I still get slightly nervous for those things. You don't always know who you're talking to. People don't always give you, like, any reaction. Um, and your mind is the first thing to tell you that you've done a bad job, you know, and um, it's about acting despite that mean inner voice in your head because you will always be the most critical person of your own performance. And, you know, often I would do a talk and I'll just think, oh, I, sh- I should have said this bit better. And then I look back at the footage of what I've said and I'm like, that sounds amazing and nothing like it did in my own head. And um, it's just about being in action despite that fear because people who are confident and being courageous, are, it's not that they're not scared um, and they may have built more confidence and that fear has lessened in a certain area, um, but it's because they've been in action and they're, they're feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Yeah, and I remember seeing a video by Marie Folio. Do you know Marie Folio? Mm. She's Love Marie Folio. She's probably a billionaire now. She makes, yeah. She's very, very successful as a sort of business coach, basically. And she said every time she does a talk, whether it's in front of, thousands of people at TED or Oprah Super Soul Sunday or whether it's in front of 20 people she still gets nervous every single time she goes and shares her ideas and kind of opens up and talks in front of people basically and I got a lot of comfort in that because for someone so successful and so far along in her career I think she's been doing what she's doing for about 12 years to say that she still gets a little bit of fear it's it's reminding us that we're not alone and that it is completely normal to experience some fear when you're doing something or sharing your ideas or acting with confidence. I think it's completely normal to to experience that. So, yeah. Do you know what? And she, I've done her business school, Marie Folio's B School, and I've been recording my own online program, which is releasing at the end of this month, and it's got a lot of video footage in it and. She really inspires me because the way that she films, she's so charismatic on camera and it's just perfectly flawless, but it is still really conversational and natural. And for me, I even had a bit of the comparison um, come out while I've been creating my own program, um, thinking, you know, oh, this is not as good as what Marie's looks like. And you know, I have to remember that she's got years and years of experience and to hear that, you know, she's even still nervous about those things. It's just about meeting yourself where you are right now, being kind to yourself and just letting yourself do stuff that isn't perfect and putting it out there anyway, because you never know what you create, um, how it's going to influence other people. And you only learn how to create amazing things through starting somewhere. It's so interesting that you say that because I remember probably 
know, six years ago or something, and I first started watching Marie Marie TV, I think it's called on on yeah. YouTube. And she, you know, she's got enough cash to hire a set designer. She's got a whole team. And I just started making YouTube videos, kind of filming on my phone or something. And I was comparing myself to her to her videos, but it's kind of a ridiculous comparison, really, to you know, to compare yourself with someone that has been really established and, and has done it for a long time when you're just starting out. And I guess, yeah, that's, a, and that's kind of an example just to step back for people listening who may be comparing themselves to anyone. Just ask yourself, you know, how long has that person been doing what they're doing? Um, have they had help? I saw something on Twitter the other day that was interesting about how no one really admits when they've had help buying a house from their parents and how it's so easy if you haven't had financial help from your parents to sort of think oh I'm behind you know I I'm not good at saving money why aren't I making as much money as these people and yet a lot of people are getting help behind the scenes that we don't necessarily see and people don't admit to so Mm -hmm. before you kind of compare yourself to, to someone you know take all these factors into account that's slightly a random tangent but no, I, I, t- I was talking about this the other day in my newsletter, actually, of I try and be really honest with people about where I started. And um, a lot of people see uh, others making the switch from working in corporate jobs and entering the wellness industry and think, oh, I'd love to do that. But how would I be able to do that financially? And everyone else just makes it seem so seamless and effortless. Um, and it's not really the case for like 99% of people who do that or build a business and um, for me personally I struggle a lot sometimes with building my business and um, you know having limited investment to put into areas of the business when the 10 areas of your business are demanding money and um, you know I had to work really hard and have like two or three jobs at one time when I started Wellness with Amy and um, I still work really hard and um, you know there's never a hundred percent certainty, um, until you've really made it. And, um, so you just, you don't always see, you know, the, the tears and the blood and the sweat and, um, everything that goes in behind the scenes. And, um, that's what's something that I'm mindful of, you know, on my Instagram, I, I do have like, you know, nice photos on my grid, but I try and make my stories really authentic and let people know that um, they're not alone in their fears and their insecurities and doubts and things and that um, everyone's on their own journey and um, dealing with their own stuff. I think it's so important just to be open about these things and to share the things that we're struggling with and to be honest and to let people know they're not on on their own with what they're going through. Just as another example, this is kind of on a tangent again, but I was reading about um, Fern Cotton. She's in, I think, Women's Health this month, talking about how, like, anxious and, like, down she's been all summer. And yet for people kind of looking at all the photo shoots she does and um, all her book success and all these amazing things she's doing, it would be so easy to think, oh, she's just got this amazing life and everything's going perfectly for her. And yet she has been really struggling. And so I was really... Mm-hmm. just kind of grateful for her honesty and um, I know a lot of people will probably be finding comfort in that that you know a lot of other I don't know it's not a good thing that other people are struggling obviously but mm-hmm. it's good to know that we're not alone and that life isn't perfect and we're we're just doing our best so yeah absolutely I actually saw Fern speak on Saturday afternoon at a Hay House event that I was at and um, one of her books, Happy, that she wrote, I think that was the first one that she wrote, um, 
which is all talking all about depression. And, um, you know, she was saying that the night before that was going to be published and that was her first book that she um, was so anxious. Her anxiety had reared its head. She, um, I don't know if she actually called her publisher or thought, said she thought about calling them and saying, I've made a terrible mistake. I don't want to put this out there. And um, during this talk, a girl actually put her hand up um, and took the mic and she'd brought Fern a present and told her that she'd survived suicide last year and Fern's book had actually like saved her life and made her recovery so much easier knowing that somebody as glamorous and successful um, as her had been through the same path and she's come out the other end with you know an amazing family career um, multiple books and um it was just really touching. And as well, Fern was just a great speaker because she was just saying like, I'm, you know, I have the same fears and worries and self-doubt as anyone else. And um, very much a lot of what she's done has been by feeling the fear doing it anyway and focusing on being more kind to herself and more compassionate with herself. I think it's so important to remember that it can happen to anyone. You know, it doesn't matter how slim and kind of successful you are or beautiful you are you can feel depressed you can feel anxious it doesn't mean that you're any less it doesn't kind of yeah it can happen to anyone so I think there's so much shame around mm. know, things like anxiety and depression we kind of make it mean that we're there's something wrong with us like I'm broken why is this happening to me but it's you know it's part of being human unfortunately part of the sort of struggles that we go through so it's good to, yeah good to talk well that that things. was one of the things that Fern touched on she said you know people would say why are you depressed you're on the tv you should be happy and um, that resonated with me because I remember when I was hiding a lot of these mental health issues that I was feeling um, aside from anxious also like an imposter and very ungrateful because I had you know great parents who were really supportive emotionally. I had um, a great job when a lot of my peers had been struggling to get any work. I actually had a position created for me at an amazing company. Um, and I just remember thinking, oh, I can't, like, I've got no reason to be feeling like this, but I still did. And I think that that can even compound the issue sometimes. And I just really want anyone to know who's listening, if they're feeling that way, if it's all good on the outside and they just don't know why they're struggling so much on the inside, that it's okay and it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's just that you need some support and you need some probably some self-compassion and um, that's it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree. Mm. Um, what are your top tips for confidence? Are there some simple things that people can be doing? Definitely. So I think, you know, we've skimmed over this a bit, but um, my number one tip is be kind to yourself. Um, so often the reason that we lack confidence is because we've been listening to a really nasty, um, sometimes abusive, critical narrator in our own heads for decades. And um, I call her the inner bitch. Um, so imagine if you had a roommate who constantly criticized you the minute you walked in the door they took up all the room on your couch, um, they threw their stuff everywhere, there wouldn't be any room for anyone else to sit there, enjoy themselves. And that's kind of like the main voice in your head. And um, self-kindness and self-compassion are literally the foundation of all the coaching that I do. And in my 
opinion, they're a huge pillar of confidence, but also long-term behavior change when it comes to habits. So um, I focus on this a lot in my upcoming online program, um, as well as the one-on-one coaching that I do. And one of the first steps that we do is create a full-page mind maps Um, my map of your strengths and your gifts and we do something called a letter of self-compassion where you write a uh, letter about one of your perceived inadequacies or one of your weaknesses and you write it from the perspective of a a much kinder loving supportive friend Uh, for people who have children sometimes it's helpful for them to write it um, from the perspective of what they would say to a child or their child Um, and um, it helps you to start to, again, build that muscle um, of self-kindness and self-compassion because it's not your natural way of being. And, um, you know, I read somewhere that we've got 70,000 thoughts a day going through our head and 80% of those are negative. And if you can imagine, a lot of those negative thoughts are probably self-directed. And so if you're, you know, the sum of the five people you hang out with most of the time and you hang out with yourself most of the time, which we all do, you can imagine how that that harsh inner voice can start to really degrade the reality and the way that you show up in the world and the type of chances that you take and the confidence that you express. So um, self-kindness, I would say, is like the absolute number one thing. Um, the other thing is um, switching your attachment for possibility. So um, one of the reasons um, that we lack confidence or that we fail to get started or we procrastinate is because we're so tied up in not failing, not being stupid um, or not being abandoned. And um, that might sound dramatic, but abandonment is something that's deeply wired within us. So when you're a baby, if you are abandoned, you die. And so if you don't please people or you're worried that they might leave or not want to be around you, um, and a lot of people associate failing or making mistakes with, you know, being abandoned, then that can be um, a really deeply ingrained fear that um, can show up in the type of choices that you make and the confidence that you choose to express. So um, one of the big things that I encourage with clients is having more fun and being more playful and curious and less serious um, with the types of things that they're doing um, and taking time to experiment, um, do things just for the fun of it and just looking to gain experiences rather than outcomes. Um, and I think, you know, little kids, if you ever spend time around children, um, are really great insight into this because they're just so fearless and they just don't really care about trying new things Um you know, sometimes even dangerous things and um, they're just having fun with it and they haven't piled on all that attached meaning to what it means if they don't do something right and they just do things um, spontaneously for the hell of it. So um, that would be my other tip would be to allow yourself to just do things for the sake of doing something and just let your confidence build slowly through action. I love those tips. Thank you for that. Really lovely and inspiring and very practical things that people can be doing. Mm. Um, amazing. Thank you. It's been really good to talk to you. I think there's loads of people going to be taking away from this episode. Can you tell us about what you're up to and how people can find out more about you and if they want to work with you? How, how can they do that? 
Yeah. Um, so you can follow me over on Instagram. I'm very active on there. Um, wellness with Amy is my handle. Um, and my website is wellnesswithamy.com. And if you are interested in some free tips for your confidence and one of the mind mapping exercises that I mentioned, you can go over to my website and there's a free confidence guide there. Um, and some of the tools that I've mentioned today, um, I offer one-to-one coaching, um, which is the most personalized service that I offer, um, which I've spoken about a bit. But I'm also releasing a uh, more affordable online coaching course, which is being released on October 29th this month. Um, And that's basically an intensive eight-week confidence and healthy habits makeover um, where you're taking on a journey of coaching videos, uh, real life assignments, um, and you will join a community of like-minded women who are going through the same process. And the end goal of that program is to take one big confidence step in an area of your life that's important to you. Um, So I'm really excited to release this one and um, I can't wait to you know, put it out there and actually get the feedback um, on that. And for me, that's been a huge confidence leap by actually creating this and putting it out there. Um, and I myself am trying to just be curious and do it for, you know, the fun of it rather than being attached to an outcome. So we'll see how um, my audience enjoys it. That sounds amazing. So, so good. And I definitely recommend for you guys listening to check Amy out on Instagram because you're always on stories and extremely (laughs) generous with your time and your energy and love and answering people's questions and things. And it's really amazing. And so she's at Wellness with Amy. Yes, that's right. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you so much for talking to us. And yeah, see you soon. Great. Thank you. Have a great day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.